wisdom to us. My mark is referring to, not that anyone here would have known if he did not call it out. I know, I, want, I, I, I just, I don't know, it's, it's part of my I, experience. Uh, I'm laying down in bed right now, because I don't know why, but last night I slept on my back weird and it really hurts. You know, you want to know my life story right now? Here, we'll just jump right into it. Is that sure. For the last few months I've been talking about how I'm going to get $6,000 back from the government when my student loans are forgiven. But what I found out was is that you actually have to request. Well, you could also just wait for your student loans to be forgiven. That's when you get the money back, or you can request it early to ensure you get back all the money and then re- ask for your student loans forgiven. My six thousand dollars came in on election day, and thus on election day I put in my request for my student loans to be forgiven. However, it takes about four to five weeks to get those confirmed, and on the Thursday. A court injunction was put in place so that way the Biden administration can no longer forgive these until the Supreme Court looks at the case, which won't be into June. Which means now I have $6,000 in my account that I just kind of need to have lay around. Because the point is, is like, you know, if, let's say, the Supreme Court being the Supreme Court uh, fucks me over and like makes it so I lose $6,000 again... Uh, I want to put that back into my college payoff, you know? Like... Oh, you you feel like you don't even have it right now? I mean, I'll use like, some of it, because I need to buy a new laptop. I haven't done that. I'm going to wait for Black Friday for that. We're recording this still before Thanksgiving, even though this episode is after Thanksgiving. I'm still going to pick up a laptop, like a new coat, probably invest in a new phone, but pay that off monthly. Um, but for the most part, my attitude was, well, I'll keep 1000 and then keep 5000 to save that I'll put back into the loan if this doesn't happen. And if it does happen in June, because I don't, I know people are like, well, it could happen before then. I'm like, it's a Supreme Court. They'll wait till June. <laughs> like, that that's what they do. They wait, they wait obnoxiously long to do this stuff. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it sucks for you, too, because I'm sure you have some loans to be forgiven still, so. No, I don't, actually. What, I, you paid them off? Um, no, 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 I just never had any. I had a really weird thing where my dad uh, was an employee at a university Mm. that had a deal for its employees where if their kids went to school, you could put some of the tuition money for this very expensive university towards whatever university you wanted to go to. And because he worked at a very expensive place and where we went was like a super... Not super cheap, but like it it's was like moderate. State school. moderate, yeah, yeah. So it, it just was. It just wasn't the whole thing. Like was enveloped by the money that he got mm. for working at this other university. So yeah, I never well, had. Well, Mark never. When had I say stu- that things are a waste of money, I say that they're a waste of other people's money and and finances and things. But no, no actual cash. Well, uh, all, all this to say, because I'm sure some SIU people are listening to this and, like, their mind is probably being blown by this just like I am. So all this to say is that Mark is definitely the type of person that if you, if he um is like, man, these liberals uh getting their student loans forgiven, I never got my student loans forgiven, you can definitely not listen to him if he becomes a far-right activist. <laughs> you say that like they're shocked because I am a far-right activist when I don't think I am. I, I don't think Every, so I, I was just saying it's I've like... Everything I've had has been like a handout or <laughs> luck. The one time, the one time 
I made a decision on my own and tried to make something of myself and, and went to that school. It was like the one time I was wrong and <laughs> like screwed myself over, um, except for all of the wonderful connections that I made. But. Yeah, you know, I had this weird thought. I don't know how this came to my mind last night, but I was like, huh, you know, oh, I know what, how it came to mind. Um, I got like a notification for something where, on Facebook where it was like, this happened 10 years ago. And I was like, huh, I was in high school 10 years ago. I'm like, well, here's a, here's a thing that I would like ask people is that would you give the option to, uh, if you're given the option to go back in time 10 years, like pick up your life where you were 10 years ago. So you'd be in your body from 10 years ago with all the knowledge and memories from now, but then lose 10 years at the end of your life for that redo. Or would you just keep going on life the way you did? And I'm like, mm, I think I'd go back 10 years, but then it's like, well, but yeah, but if I was to redo my life, I probably wouldn't go to the school I went to. So it'd be like this weird thing where it's like, I'm trying to keep the connections I didn't have yet 10 years ago. But I also am still trying to make my life better. And then there's also this thought I had where it's like, man, people are going to think you're crazy when you say Trump's going to win. And people are going to like be like, when you see Black Panther in 2018, you're going to be like, oh, it's such a bummer that this will be the only Chadwick Boseman one you see. And everyone's going to be like, what the, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> That'd be a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah, everyone would be like, Danny, why do you look so sad leaving this movie? I'm like, you'll know in four years. <laughs> that's a really dark joke but it's also like a real no two years but it's a dark that's not even like a joke though because it would be like my reaction to the movie at that time if i knew what was gonna happen but like i was like this is a weird thought experiment to have i'm like i would probably go back 10 years and try to keep my friendships together and if not i you know i i could be like well i know where to find julius and mark and caleb so i can just hunt them down and be like Hey, here's everything I you know about know you. I'm a, I'm a time traveler. You can think of me as like a time traveler from an alternate timeline. So you can either choose and think I'm insane, or you can take that there's magic in this world and accept me for who I am as a friend. I, I'd have to have to hope that like you guys would at least listen to that, depending on like, like the bombs I would. I would drop. <laughs> I've become very anti-magic lately because New York is full of scammers. Yeah, I know. Um, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was magical, and that was a good thing that you did. Um, I just, I don't know. I think that uh, you you open up uh, you open up that worm can where we talk about the past, and I'm like, Arr. but yeah, when you come back, you have to also help me make all of my connections, not just with you and Julius, but yeah, it's a big thing. It's it's hard because I think that because we all went to that school, it's hard to think about your life being radically changed by going somewhere else. But I also think you are who you are at that time. And the people that you meet are the ones that are appropriate for you, in a way. But yeah, but see, my like, thought, I think I'd my be thought a much, experiment I think I'd be a much is worse that, person if but, I went somewhere but Mark, else. Mark, my, th my thought experiment isn't that I get to go somewhere else. It's that I currently go back and at the mental age of six i'm saying i go back 10 years so at the mental age of like 30 while being in the body of like an 18 year old or 19 year old that's when i'm like all right i'm going to go to college here because i already know what it's like to be a film and theater student there it's not like well it's your best choice for the no that's not what the box room is i i can't say what 2014 me would have thought was the best options if I, but I'm saying, what would 2026 me being in 2014 with? Well, 
I guess 2024 me thinking 2014. What would I do? Here's a question. Would you still major in film slash theater? No, I'd probably just do theater. And I'd probably explore acting more at a younger... I would probably go to school for acting then. Interesting. Yeah. And I would still write around on the side. Because the thing is, one thought I also had was... Can you imagine, as someone who's addicted to Letterboxd, how trauma... In a way, you're like, oh no, all my reviews are gone! And you have to rewrite them all if you want them to be up there. And then I just wouldn't bother ever writing reviews. And everyone would be like, well, Danny, why don't you write reviews? And we're like, I did it already. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you, you don't need to know. Honestly, I think in this world where I keep like flaunting that I know the future, I don't probably make a lot of friends, because everyone just probably thinks I'm insane. But then I'd be it's like... interesting. Oh, go on. Well, then it's like, well, I, I know when to invest in Twitter. <laughs> I know when to get off of the Twitter train. <laughs> That's like one of the few things I would know when to invest in to get off of it. I think it's interesting, I, though. This was like my, my trying to fall asleep thought last night. I feel like I have this in real life with my younger brother and just anyone I know who's around that age or, or I mean, that much younger than me, just like like in college age or just just anyone younger than me i feel like i have this intense urge to tell them things and to be like you should do this with your life and like i want to tell people things so badly because i don't want them to make the same mistakes but i do think a lot about that i have become a better person through traumatic and non-traumatic events and it's really hard for me to look at traumatic events in my life and then say, here's how that should have gone differently that would have made me not an asshole. You know, I don't have a solution that is a non-traumatic thing happening that I can provide to other people and say, like, this is how you do it. Sometimes I do feel very strongly about some things and I try to tell them to people. But in that case, it becomes like, well... I don't particularly believe people when they tell me things, especially if they're like older than me and we're like, we're like both working the same job. And I'm like, man, we're in the same place right now. I mean, I can like accept what you're saying, but if, if I'm in the rehearsal room, just for an example, because I'm like in the rehearsal room a lot with people lately, especially I'm like, I have a desire to tell things to younger people and we're working in the same job in the same situation. Like none of that advice really means anything, you know, because the material conditions are the same for the both of us. I don't know. This is why I'm a big fan of government welfare programs (laughs) because you just need as much, you need as much support and as much luck and as many opportunities, I think to like, mess up and then not mess up and then figure things out as as much as you can with i mean with with like 0.001 exceptions and even that isn't necessarily the case yeah did you do anything cool this weekend to change the subject yeah sure sorry i'm (laughs) no it's okay i mean i also was like well i'm kind of repeating myself then you just clarified yourself the only thing i would be like oh well here's me repeating myself so i'm like well what'd you do this weekend you know (laughs) well uh, today, actually, I had a day off from Tech Week for the show that will have come out like a month before this podcast episode is released, so I went to the store and along with my groceries, if I have a free day sometimes and I'm 
just out. And then whenever I make my grocery run, I like to like buy a little recipe for that night. Because normally what I have to eat is like meal planning. But sometimes you get to go out and you get to make like that meal that you can only eat that day. So I made some beef stroganoff and nice. that brought me some joy. In forever. What? I haven't had that in forever. It's It's a fun time. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing aside from being in the show. The other, actually, you know what the other thing I did is a very small thing, and it's just, I was just feeling stressed because I've got a bunch of things in the air right now, and I just opened up my email drafts and my notes, and I started working on an, uh, an outline of a play Ooh. that I've had kind of kicking around for a while. And I mean, I'm sure you know about every idea that I've ever had, because I feel like I have like three or four that this just about, kind of exist in my mind. Is this one about but, me? No, it's not about you. It's just something that like exists in my email drafts. I'm just saying this because it's like so not what I'm devoting a lot of my time to right now. But it was really nice to just take like 30 minutes and make up stories in my drafts and just think about whether they're good or not. And it was just a nice little escape that wasn't like trying to read news or trying to read a book or something like that. I should write a play again. You wonder what I did you this weekend? You have one. How's it well, going? I should write another one. Uh, I mean, I haven't touched that play in a bit. Um, well, I could talk about two things. One of which I kind of weirdly made a dark joke about earlier with the new Black Panther movie. But we could also did talk you know about... Oh, never what? mind. I haven't seen the new Black Panther movie. Have, have you? No, not yet. I'm trying to yes and you, but I thought you did. No. Kind of. Yeah, well, I saw the first 10 minutes, but I was like, should I talk about it now, or should I wait till whenever we actually talk about the whole thing? Uh, or should I talk about, about it now? That's, this is what I'm... I think you should talk about it now, because it's not going to be the same as when you... That's true, because when I have, like, the full context, I will. So, I went Thursday night to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Um, the opening Thursday night. And, you know, I walked out after 10 minutes of the movie, and, uh... First things, well, first off, I think that since this episode will drop a month after Black Panther Wakanda Forever, as long as Mark is okay with it, I'm fair game to spoil the first seven minutes of this movie. Are you okay with that, Mark? Like right now? Yeah, right now, because this episode will come out a month after the movie came out. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get, I'm in for a treat. Yeah, go for well, it. Well, this is the only first ten minutes, but also, okay. um, I walked out for two reasons. One was the projector was terrible. The subtitles in it were out of focus. It felt like I didn't have my glasses on. I know you're wondering, Danny, how are there subtitles in the black? Did you go to a subtitled showing? Is that what you're going to ask me, Mark? Or do you know no, why? No, because be I thought immediately that there are, uh, it's like South American, and I don't remember if Wakanda has a language. Wakanda but... does have a language. Yeah, that's where the thing is. Like, yeah, there's yeah. going to be Wakandan language, and that's going to be subtitled. Like, um,. But yes, um, that was that was out of focus, and then it was like, it was very dark, and initially I thought, oh, maybe it's just a darker color palette, because, you know, T'Challa's dead, and it's sad. And then I was like, no, that's dumb, because I've seen the trailers for this movie, and the darkness in it looked very intentional, like, a good use of shadows, where you could, like, see, like, varying, like, levels of the blackness in it. And mm-hmm. the thing that stood out to me is that I basically saw three scenes. The last scene of which is Namor and his buddies attacking a boat. And that's in all the trailers where it's like, you see these guys scaling the side of a boat. 
And in the trailers, yes, it's nighttime. You can, but you can still clearly see everything. I could not see anything in these scenes. I could see vague outlines moving. Uh, I know they are like kept in shadow because you don't know who these characters are yet. But it's like impossible to follow. I can tell there's an issue with the bulb. And honestly, I should have told there was an tell there was an issue with the projector bulb during the trailers when I got the Ant Man three trailer and I could not see Jonathan Majors at all. And mm-hmm. I've seen that trailer online. He's not lit great, but you can obviously tell it's Jonathan Majors in the trailer, like because he's like the big reveal. However, I think the more important thing to say about Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, me missing the first ten minutes, is that I had the option to go back on this weekend, and I didn't. For a variety of reasons. One of them being I had plans. So it's like, well, I could go see it, but I don't really want to rush from the plans I have to watch a three-hour-long Black Panther movie and not give it the attention it deserves. Um, and that's really the ring reason I walked out. Is the, that, that quote there is like, giving it the attention it deserves. Because I've been looking forward to Black Panther Wakanda forever since the trailer dropped. Before then, I was incredibly iffy on the project. Mostly because of Letitia Wright's uh, political and vaccination views that I do not appreciate moving her up to have a big platform. And also, you know, just the fact that I was like, why why is she going to be the lead when we got Lupita Nyong'o there? Or Winston Duke there? You know, like, we have other better options there. Basically, I'm saying, Ryan Coogler, did you not like us? Uh but anyway, because those are the only two actors I'm going to mention. Uh, <laughs> but then the first trailer dropped, and I was like, okay, no, this looks pretty good. And I need to trust Ryan Coogler, because he has not let me down yet. And, you know, in all this hype building up to it, I'm, I, of course, acknowledge, you know, T'Challa's not going to be a movie. I make fun of those people who are like, you got to recast T'Challa. And I still make fun of those people who say that, because it's really dumb to say, hey, you actors who are really close friends with this person, you better recast, because... How dare you ruin my superhero movies by grieving over an actual friend of yours? Because that's how I view that entire movement. Uh, However, I think it is very different to walk into a superhero movie knowing the main actor died. And this movie is about that. And then actually like having a movie that opens with the main character of this movie, Shuri, um, running around and getting updates on her brother's condition, I guess his heart deteriorates, trying to fix a cure for him, and then her mom walking and saying, he's already gone. And I was just like, this is oh. too much for me. Man, I didn't know it was like that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's how it opens. I... And I don't have an issue with that opening, honestly. Because I was talking to another friend of mine, and they're like, that sounds a very cheap move. And I'm like, I don't really think so. I think it is a very real, like, first off, these now characters. that I've thought about it for five seconds, that it's actually smarter than what my brain thought they were going to do, which is, like, open on a funeral and then never talk about it again. No, yeah. No, the so. funeral's the second scene. But, like, to oh, me, it's like, well, I know Shuri... I knew there's going to be one. I know right. Shuri's supposed to be the main character, right? So it's like, okay, I get that we're going to start for her. I also know, you know, from the first movie and from, like, Infinity War... Um, not that I care about Infinity War at all when I watch a Black Panther movie, but I remember that in Infinity War, like... The whole thing was like, oh, she can fix vision when no one else can. Like, she is the super scientist. She's the smartest person in the world currently in Marvel. So, of course, she's going to try to save her brother. And we need to see her fail at that, right? But also, it's like, it's very weird to watch a superhero movie, you know? Because, like, 
T'Challa has died twice in the MCU before this movie. He died in the first Black Panther, and he died in, obviously, an Infinity War. And it's very, like, weird to just see, like... It's not even weird. It's surreal to see, like, these characters that are just comic book... Like, I love... I think Black Panther... The first Black Panther movie kind of transcends the MCU. And I think... T'Challa and Wakanda as characters transcend the MCU to become something much bigger culturally than anything else Marvel's put out. Which is why it's just so bizarre to see this thing where it opens where it's like, we're losing T'Challa because he's sick and he's gone now. And I was just like, I don't know if I can deal with that. I don't think I'm... Um, <laughs> it's not even emotionally prepared. I don't think I'm mentally prepared to handle this because it's like, you know, that happens. There's a funeral and the Marvel logo happens. And then... We cut to a year later and the plot begins. And it's just like, whoa, whoa, wait. You can't tell me to care about Namor attacking the ship when I just realized I actually had the realization I'm about to watch a two and a half hour, three hour Black Panther movie without T'Challa in it. Because you might have told me I'm going to get that for the last two years. But being served it is very like a immediate like, oh, I need to digest this right now. Because it's too raw for me to just go on. Because Chadwick Boseman's passing in 2020, I think, is the most a celebrity death has ever impacted me. If just because he was so young and obviously so talented. And also, he just, unlike, hate to be, I don't want to say, I think of the Marvel, like, actors, he was obviously, like, the best human being of them. Like, he's the one you always saw, like, talking to kids at hospitals. He was the one who would, like, his memes were always just jokes about being, like, tired of, like, people asking him to do the Wakanda Forever thing. Like, he just seemed like a very genuine guy. And also, it's just, like, obviously, T'Challa, like, Marvel wants to pretend, like, that Captain Marvel's a big deal. And I guess she is, because she's their first female hero. But Black Panther stands alone like T'Challa stands alone in like big media as being a black male role model that everyone can look up to and has a regalness to him when T'Challa walks in you know things are serious in these movies and he still cracks jokes but it's like and then you know immediately being like well he's not in this and we we gotta move on to go see the cool bad guy and I'm just like ah I'm sure this might work once I give it, like, time for me to actually watch this first 10 minutes as a short film. Not that I'm going to view it as that. You know, when I watch the whole movie, I'll view it as a whole movie. But right now, I'm just like, I need a break. <laughs> I, need, I just need a break. <laughs> so I'm going to go see it this weekend. All but, right. Yeah. Yeah. But instead, I, I saw RRR. I haven't had, like... Instead, hmm? I went to a rowdy screening of RRR with the director in attendance. I saw. Actually, it's really oh, funny. I did watch that clip. I'm sorry. Did you get to that part of the movie? No. I hate you. Uh, for it the record, like, for people who've listened to this podcast who have seen RRR, uh, Mark has not seen the Not Too Not Too scene. He hasn't made it that far in the movie. He gave I haven't up seen the what? That's the name of the song, is Not Too Not Too. It, well, I've seen it now. But you didn't, I'm like, all right. It's great. It's a great moment. Um, well, the thing that I was going to mention there very quickly is that it's really funny because I noticed that Variety put up an article about it and discussing film put up like a tweet about it and i saw that apparently it's like big news in india is that he someone asked him uh the moderator asked him i don't remember it was just like a general what's next thing or it's like is it possible we'll see more of beam or rom those are the main characters and he just goes off he's like 
Well, you know, my father screenwrites for all my movies, and he is working out some couple ideas for RRR too. And everyone, like, variety, like, everyone's like, what? Whoa! Like, like I didn't realize he, like, and I was like, I thought he was hinting, I thought he hinted at it earlier in interviews, but no, apparently this is, like, the news drop that I was at. Um, Did the crowd react? Yeah everyone, yeah, everyone was like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, it was a fun crowd. We were booing at points. We were cheering. Uh, my take on the movie is still about the same. Where it's like, I don't like how I don't like the politics of the snow, but man, what a movie! <laughs> I I <laughs> Mark's like, I'll never I finish. Just, it's too long. I can't do a three-hour movie. Not too long. It's just like uh, I don't know where where did all that money go? You I don't know. Guess Actually, the honestly, you know, guess the, the budget. Guess the budget. Kind of interesting. Guess the budget. So, what? Well, you're saying where did all the money go? What do you think the budget of RRR is? Keep in mind it that it's COVID shot. It was shot. the most expensive. Okay, Indian, but keep how much, it's how not much in Indian film. it is not... in U.S. dollars. And also keep in mind that COVID inflates. It had COVID shoot, so the budget might be higher than you think. It is three million. Three hundred million. This is one of those annoying times where I ask someone to guess something, and I realize after asking them to guess, they have no context for how things actually cost. Because for Mark to say, because for Mark to say, like, where'd all the money go? They probably spent like three million dollars on it. That's like the you know the Arrested Development. It's like here's five dollars. Go see it. <laughs> that that's what that is. Twenty dollars. Well, I don't know. I just have I have like a filler in my brain that just says anything made outside the U.S. usually doesn't cost that much money. Well, but you're saying so, where did the money go? That. This cost seventy million dollars, and like the money. The, the, you can subtract Didn't twenty the from that. Didn't the master cost seventy million dollars? What? what? The master cost seventy million dollars. Yeah, and RRR is like a big budget action movie. I. I think it's also really. I, can't, f- I okay. love the master. Okay, I, I have a follow up to something from a few weeks ago when we talked about RRR last. Let me say that you were like, "Oh, the CGI looks bad." I'm like, "Yeah, well, they don't shoot like because the, there's no animals in it." The director, someone asked me about that at the Q and A, and he's like. Well, it's against the law to put any animal on set of a movie in India, other than elephants. And once, when I had an elephant on set, I noticed that they had shackles on it that buried into their legs. I'm not saying you should use animals in movies. I'm just saying. You're saying the CGI I, is bad when it's like, again, it's anytime you see. I just, like, fundamentally, it just wasn't speaking my language. It just. <laughs> Like, of course it wasn't speaking your language it's not well no i just mean like there's that one scene that which i did at the beginning where the, he's like he needs to like go get that guy who's banging on the gates and they send him out and it's like oh man he's gonna get the guy and i'm like all right you how many to, like, like okay. angles of this of him like jumping two feet am i gonna watch I just think like, Mark, there's Mark, no content here. The thing, it's well, not here's, interesting. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. It drives me crazy when people like, and it's not just you. Is if the movie is sold to you as it's a two-parter, like there's an intermission. Why would you not at least give it the 80 minutes of time for the first half? Like, why would you not just finish because it's the first 80 half? minutes? I will. I will say there are parts of it that I do think are cool. Like I actually, I did like I liked the dance. It kind of like got under my skin like a TikTok video because it's so like it's saccharine gr- that I'm like, oh well, this is probably a good thing actually, and I'm just reacting to it weird. And I do like, I th- I think that when they save the kid, it is so ridiculous that I'm like, all right, I mean, cool. It's not. It's not. It's just ridiculous. It's that it's ridiculous, and then it jumps into this 
It jumps into the friendship montage. It's like six minutes long. It's just saying like, now we are friends, but who knows when we will fall apart? Who knows when this friendship will fall apart? Who can say? Ugh. Yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just reacting negatively because I feel alone in my descent. And I feel like if I had like an iPad and then I like pushed in on someone walking, but I made like a noise with my mouth or something, I'd be like, this is the most expensive film ever made. <laughs> this is the greatest action like film Mark, of all time. I think you're making a big mistake because I feel like I feel like this is the most canceled you're ever going to be. You're basically saying Indian movies are cheap. That's how I'm reading your argument right now. <laughs> That's, how... That's not actually. I really like... Sh I like... It's, and you corrected me. It's it's um, it's Tollywood, not Bollywood. Yes, and I have very fond memories of Cholet, and um, I actually have not seen a lot of like Indian independent cinema, which is like a weird blind spot for me. I just don't like RRR. Well, Mark, and I think that it's like overhyped. Well, you again, you, you didn't finish the movie. It's like you're like me in Black Panther: Wakanda what Forever. What happens? Where's my? Where's I my? Where's the show? I draw, okay, so Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. After the first minutes, I gotta say, cheap movie. I don't know where the money went. Uh, that's not what you. That's not what you feel though. You're just putting a name under my opinion. Well, no, I'm just saying it's the movie I didn't finish yet. So you don't hear me saying like, oh, it's terrible. Whatever. Yeah, but you 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 didn't finish it because it's almost too good. That's what you're saying about. I'm Wakanda thinking it's too Forever. sad. I'm saying <laughs> it's so affecting. Like, uh, let me see if I should finish RRR. This great multi-episode saga of will I finish RRR? Mark, should we play games? Yeah, sure. All right, the Letterbox game. Letterbox has a feature where it tells you what the most similar movies are. So the movie you just watched. Letterbox game is I'll give Mark the top five movies and he has to guess he has to guess what the movie is. I will say this game, one of these is not a theatrically released well, I'll put this way. One of these is probably not considered a film in your eyes. That's one giveaway I have to give you. Okay? <laughs> what does that mean? You'll find out. Um Okay. In order for us to go from least hard to Hardest, we will start with the most popular on Letterboxd and go down from there. This is the most viewed on Letterboxd. All films from the same franchise are removed. All films from the same director are removed. You ready for round one? Yeah. All right. Your options are Feast, 2005, Howboy, 2019, The Van Helsing Movie, The Wolfman, 2010, and Malignant. Twilight. It's not Twilight. Twilight's not on the top 25. Morbius. No. Morbius is not on the top 25. The year is 2022. I think Morbius was a good guess. Was the most it popular Cabinet movie of Curiosities? Um, no, because Hellboy's on the list. Well, no, 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 it could be on there because it, it was only produced by him. I'm going to guess Cabinet of Curiosities. Well, so here's the thing with Cabinet of Curiosities. It's not that. It's not in the top 25. But what I will say is that if I... Well, first off. I have not watched Cabinet of Curiosities. I have no intent to. But if I do end up watching an episode or two, one, they aren't directed by Guillermo del Toro, so you're correct there. But two, those are listed individually. They're like Black Mirror episodes on Letterboxd, so they're listed individually. As individual mm -hmm. films, television movies. So, just so you know. 
but mm-hmm. I haven't watched any of them, so no. <laughs> um, the next one movie you get is the 2017 Mummy movie with Tom Cruise. The whale is not out yet. <laughs> I have to keep remembering It's going to be really funny. I could see you not knowing this thing exists. And when I tell you it, you're going to be like, what? That happened? I didn't guess Pearl last time. Was it Pearl? It's not Pearl. Pearl's not in the 20, top 25. So now I will give you the final movie and then I'll do the recap. So the final movie is It Chapter 2. So the films are... It's a 2022 thing. Feast, which came out in 2005. I don't know what it is. The Hellboy remake. Van Helsing. The Wolfman remake from 2010. Malignant. The Tom Cruise Mummy movie. And It Chapter 2. Interestingly enough, It Chapter 1 is not in the top 25. Uh, the smile. I don't think Smile's it's been not a smile, list. Smile's not in yeah. the top 25. You get a bonus guess because this is the film... That is not a film. So what just, kind of thing is it? Well, why don't you give me options of the kind of thing, and then I'll tell you if it's that or not. Is it a short film? I would say it's not a short film. Did you watch Markiplier in space? Is that your actual guess? Do you know what that is? No. <laughs> is that your um, actual guess? <laughs> yeah, sure. It was a web ser- It was like an interactive web series. So, Mark, how up-to-date are you on the Marvel shit? <laughs> <laughs> what what do you what do you mean? I watched the Marvel like Halloween Wakanda Forever is I out. watched the Marvel Halloween special Werewolf by Night. Have you heard about it at oh, all? Oh, well I actually have heard about that because I follow Harriet Sansom Harris on Instagram. She's great in it. I, I say that like that. I'm proud of following someone on Instagram, but I mean like, she's pretty cool. Yeah. She's a good actor. Yeah. She does pro licorice pizza. All cool. Right. Ready for round two? Yeah. Alright. The films are Young Frankenstein, Eight-Legged Freaks, The Original Ghostbusters, Black Sheep 2006, and Beetlejuice. Is this Wendell and Wild? Have we named that one yet? We have not named Wendell and Wild yet. Would you like to guess Wendell and Wild? I'll guess that. It's not Wendell and Wild. You didn't ever guess. Oh, no. (laughs) Wendell and Wild is not in the top 25. Did you watch Crimson Peak? It's not Crimson Peak. Crimson Peak is not in the top 25. This film came out in 1990. This isn't right, but did you watch Old Boy? No, and Old Boy's not in the top 25. Your next film is Ghostbusters 2016. Flubber. I'll tell you what it is. It's not Flubber. Flubber's not in the top 25. So I'll give you your last movie and then a recap. Last okay. movie is Howard the Duck. So the films were, it's a film from 1990. Young Frankenstein. Eight-Legged Freaks, Ghostbusters, Black Sheep, Beetlejuice, Ghostbusters 2016, and Howard the Duck. Is it Monkey Bone, the Henry Selleck, the old one? Like, maybe you did a rewatch of that? Is that your guess? Yeah. Well, first off, no, Monkey Bone's not in the top 25, too. Like most people in the world, I have not seen Monkey Bone. Or if I was to recently watch Monkey Bone... Which I might have, and we have not reached it yet for the Letterboxd game. I'm unsure if we have or haven't. It would have been my first watch, definitely. Because like, once you see Monkey Bun once, there is no reason to see it again. Um, but you do get a bonus guess, because I removed a film. So when you, I, so now I tell you that the film was removed. Did you watch Hocus Pocus? No, Hocus Pocus is not 25. I will give you one extra hint. Is that I looked ahead at the movies for today... Like, batteries not included. 
because I was going to ask you those later to see if you could get them. I was very shocked to see that one of the movies, the movie that I removed from this list is not in the better, does not included similar list. I was very surprised. Mimic? No. All right. So the movie that, well, I'll just tell you what it is, is that, so the music box had the Halloween programming and I went to two movies. I went to Malignant and I went to a 35 millimeter screening of Gremlins 2, the new batch. So this is Gremlins uh. 2. And Gremlins is the movie I was surprised is not related similarly to Batteries Not Included. But yes, this is... Uh, yeah, I think... Yeah. Right. Okay. Gremlins 2 is good. Have you seen Gremlins 2? I didn't finish Gremlins 1. Dude, you, you don't watch any of the movies I like. <laughs> you don't finish any. I mean, I think we have very different tastes. Gremlins That's is just, good! That, that might just be the way. Alright, do you want the last one? Yeah. Alright. Your five films are... Saving Private Ryan... Fury, Band of Brothers, They Shall Not Grow Old, 1917. Did you watch 1941? No, 1941 was not the top 25. Also, that was a bad guess because Saving Private Ryan is directed by Steven Spielberg. Oh, it's all quiet on the Western front. Which one? The new one. Incorrect. The year is 1930. What's your guess? The old one? Yes! Okay. <laughs> the other two films were The Thin Red Line and Stalingrad. Now, Mark, I'm adding this new thing. I'm adding a new feature to this game with you, okay? It's called okay. the optional bonus round. That only will be offered <laughs> to you. I, know, I should come up with a catcher name. going to do more? No, no, no. It's one last round, but it only is offered to you if you don't pick the most popular of the ten movies. So it's just the most popular movie. You want to try it? Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so your five films are Captain Marvel, Aquaman, Avengers 1, Avengers Age of Ultron, Spider-Man Homecoming. Black Adam. Nope, Black Adam is in the top 25. Did you do a Black Panther rewatch? Yes, this is a Black Panther rewatch. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Because I had to there remove. You go. I was doing the ma- like. I was thinking, okay, so do which? Because I was like, okay, so the only characters that are really crossed over in the first Black Panther are Black Panther, Okoye, and then the Sebastian Stan cameo after the credits. So I was like, okay, is Sebastian Stan in any of these movies? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I'm okay. <laughs> and I had to remove Civil War and Infinity War. Also, if you're curious, for all quiet, I had to remove. Not the new one, because it hasn't popped up yet, but the 1970s television remake? I had to remove that one. Cool. So yeah. Shall we talk about what we witnessed today? No. Because what, what about your Game of List announcement you had to make? Oh, yeah. Uh, I told Danny before we came on, the Game of Lists has not been bringing me joy lately. Because it's not like I have to choose between a bunch of decent options for the one that makes the show the best. It's just... I have to sift through a bunch of junk, and then I kind of think of something that I like. I think I went down the wrong path with picking a game about list making, because there's no reason to have lists except to advertise for films that you like, and most of the authorities making these kinds of lists are terrible anyway. Um, I actually, I thought about coming on today, because I knew you had seen Wakanda Forever, and I wanted to do something that was I like... seen it. Yeah, but like you saw a chunk of it, but I wanted to do something. Saw ten that was... minutes of it, but go on, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, I knew it would come up. 
I wanted to, I mean, I tell this story. I've told this story a few times now, and today is finally the day I'm like, I'm going to put this to bed, and maybe I'll come up with something again in the future. Just today I was going to be like, oh, I think, like, Killmonger's last line and Black Panther is really cool. I want to do something about, like, the greatest movie quotes of all time. And it was, I wanted to look at, like, AFI's greatest movie quotes, and then I was just like, you know what? It's so nice that these quotes are, like spoken all the time by people and it's like this cultural touchstone and i don't care about any of them because it's like who cares what the greatest american films of all time were or something so for now for the next few episodes or so i'm not gonna do a segment until i think of something joyous Which means i get double time on the segments yes that's why I'm like, what do you mean the bonus round of the letterbox game you're just like i'm just gonna put some more letterbox game oh in no i have a new i have a, I have, a, I have a seven for you it's called danny's question all right <laughs> but before i do that segment, okay great i do want to cut back to black hair from Connor forever and why i walked out is that i also had this thought and this kind of has to do with the whole encompassing sadness of it all, where it was like, you know, I'm watching this scene, and I just imagine there was a kid at work who said they were really excited to see Wakanda forever. I just imagine them going in, being like, yeah, I love Black Panther, he's my favorite. And then, like, I mean, obviously they're where the actor died, but then just getting, like, that at the beginning is just like, man, this is gonna, like, break kids' hearts. I don't really want to watch this right now. That does like a more more broad version yeah. of my sadness. But back to Danny question time. Alright. Mark, you don't have a game of list, but you know what I have? I have a dumb game. That's right. It's Good. Danny's dumb game. Where it just has to do with whatever Danny thinks about. So You are truly free. This week Please. <laughs> is the week after our Thanksgiving break. So I'm gonna quiz Mark about the important things about Thanksgiving. If this is a movie podcast, don't you worry. We're going to talk about movies. So I was thinking that now I'm going to do this really obnoxious like Nick Kroll impression the entire time I do this segment. So I was thinking that what we could do is I could ask you three questions about Thanksgiving. Okay? So if you remember, earlier in this episode, I gave this idea. Of what if we could time travel back and change our path? And I was thinking also about the classic Thanksgiving movie from 2013 about the turkeys who time travel back to the first Thanksgiving to convince the pilgrims to eat Chuck E. Cheese pizza instead of turkeys. I, the first question you have is, what is the name of this movie? Wow. That's that is a very deep cut. Is it actual Chuck E. Cheese pizza? Yes, like the brand. That is how the movie ends. Is they time travel back and give Chuck E. Cheese pizzas to the pilgrims that go like, "This is way better than anything we ever ate." I highly recommend Freebirds. Dang it, I messed up the answer. That's the answer. Oh, is it Freebirds? Yeah. So now I gotta come up with another question. Oh. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump back to Danny's old Thank podcast. Why is with Ty and Dan? What Marvel movie did Free Birds open against at the box office? Oh my gosh. Now I Captain told Marvel. you when this movie came out. I said how many years ago it was. 
So let's see if you remember. I'll, by the way, for the record, me dropping the title of Free Birds was not a bit. That was an actual accident. <laughs> Good. Yeah, no, I figured. Um, was it 2018 Black Panther? Is that your final answer? Sure. Well, it's a dumb one, because I said this movie came out nine years ago. So, would you like us... What did you say it came out nine years ago? I said, I was thinking about this movie that came out nine years ago. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to have a second final answer? A.K.A. a final final answer? All right. Nine years ago, Thor 2? Right! You got the answer right! What? Good job! Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Now, this movie, Free Birds, features... Along with caricatures of Bill and Hillary Clinton in the year of our Lord 2013, it also includes three celebrity voice actors at the center of the film. I want you to name all three. I can give you a hint if you so wish. Well, I think Owen Wilson was in it. That is one. And then I'm going to guess Kevin Hart. That's incorrect. Would you like the hint so you can try to get the other two? Sure. All right. Your hint is, two of the actors total are leads of Pixar films. The third actor stars, well, not stars, acts in the biggest film domestically at the box office in 2013, which opened the same month as Free Birds. That's your hint! Now I think this is a bad Harley Quinn impression, but... So, um, I think, looking at that hint, that the first part already referred to Owen Wilson. So, who's the other Pixar lead? Yeah. Was would it you, Would you like a hint Billy on that Crystal? One? Would you like a hint on that one before you guess Billy Crystal? Sure. I will tell you this. This is a movie with three leads, two men, and one woman. I know that. The man, pick a movie the man is in the biggest film of 2013. The woman is the Pixar character. What? What? <laughs> what woman was the lead of a Pixar movie? One of them was in Turning Red, though, so I think you can rule her out. Also, in all fairness, I would say someone like... I'm not saying these are the answers. You can guess them if you want, but I would say, like, The Incredibles has a female co-lead. I would say Finding oh, Nemo yeah, has okay. a female co-lead. I would say there are a couple other ones that have female leads. Yeah, I have no idea who is in Brave. There's a few other ones with female leads. Janine Garofalo? <laughs> I have to pick character. Who is that? <laughs> I believe she voiced the French cook in Ratatouille. Now, would you like to know that answer and move on to the man? Yes. It's Amy Poehler. Oh. Inside uh, Out was okay. a Pixar movie. Thank you. So what do you think the biggest film of 2013 was? Well, I guess it's not Thor 2. Thor 2, I can tell you right now, it's not the biggest... Wait. No, yeah, it's not the biggest Marvel movie of 2013 even. And I'll also tell you that the biggest Marvel movie of 2013 is not a Marvel movie, so you don't even think about Marvel. Was it Daniel Radcliffe? Not Daniel Radcliffe. Would you like to know the movie this is from? Yes. The biggest film of 2013 at the U.S. domestic box office is The Hunger Games Catching Fire. So do you think you I know? I cannot who- think of that actor's name. Woody Harrelson. Oh, Woody Harrelson. Because <laughs> he's in The Hunger Games Catching Fire. I, thought, I didn't say I it was the lead. I just said he was in the movie. I couldn't think of the guy who plays Peter's name. Oh, that's Josh. That's Josh Thompson. Alright, time for your gotcha. final question of Danny's Thanksgiving trivia. So in the movie Free Birds, the Pilgrim's favorite Thanksgiving turkey becomes Chuck E. Cheese Pizza. What is my favorite Thanksgiving food? 
the hell? Ah, <laughs> uh, stuffing? That's wrong! I hate stuffing! I didn't know you had strong opinions about it. It's bad! It's, is, it a, is it a weird thing, or is it, like, something that I would the guess? The texture of it is gross. Oh, no, I don't know if you'll guess this or not. I... I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I was talking to someone in my group chat from California. They're like, "That's disgusting." And then everyone from who's ever been in the Midwest or the Northeast was like, "What are you talking about, you California scum? This is a normal Thanksgiving dish." Is it green bean casserole? Yeah. I like green bean casserole. Green bean casserole is great. Now I don't. You, have to you do don't that have voice a hater again. in me. I don't have to do that voice again until next week. I come up with a different game next time. <laughs> Should we? Yeah. What cut the whole segment? <laughs> No, no, no. I, I was thinking about, like, for Tyler. Oh, I wasn't um, going to do that with Tyler's on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to take Tyler. Christmas questions. I'm not going to take Tyler for the, um, whoever that was. <laughs> whatever that voice was. All right, great. <laughs> Thank you. I've learned, I, I'm, I'm glad that you shared that, actually. Because I think that some people are on the fence about green bean casserole, and I really like it. I thought so. you were going to say, I'm really glad you shared that with me, because now I'm going to go watch Free Birds. no. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad that you're representing green bean casserole out there. So shall we talk about early Brad Bird? Yeah. Free Brad Bird. I was thinking the title could be double. Actually they weren't because I had to rent batteries not included. We could title the episode double detour for Brad Bird. But then I also was like, we could just title it apologize Brad Bird, (laughs) but we can figure it out later. Um, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, <laughs> these are... <laughs> Very strong chance. Well, yeah, so he made some short films before The Iron Giant. Not, and not just short well, films, one of these is a feature. But yeah, me... they are... The animation in Family Dog, which is about a dog who has a horrible family, and it was part of Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories That's what I was actually going to say. We should title this television episode... Show. We should title this episode... Steven Spielberg apologize. <laughs> That's what I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, can, we can think of something. Yeah. Um, Steven Spielberg produced both of these things. Originally, batteries not included was supposed to be an episode of Amazing Stories, but he liked it so much he made it into a feature. He produced it, and then it was, it was directed crazy. by the guy who I believe did some work on Mimic or directed Mimic, and he directed Dragon Slayer. The director of batteries not included is, uh, like. The connection here for our detour episode, I keep forgetting to do it, um, is that we did the Iron Giant, then I realized, well, if we did everyone else's, Matthew like, Robbins. early work, yeah, but everyone else's early work, we should do Brad Bird's. We're not doing a Simpsons episode, because, spoiler alert, the Simpsons movie qualifies for this episode, and I figure if we do a Simpsons movie episode, we can watch the Simpsons episodes then, if we want to, but... Brad Bird did, as Mark said, an amazing sports stories episode called Family Dog, which was also a pilot for a TV show. We're not talking about the whole show because the show apparently sucks. Um, and also, I don't think he's that involved with the show. I think he has like a, a creator credit, but he did not really work on it. And then Batters Not Included, which he co-wrote. Presumably the final draft because I noticed that his credit is shared with Matthew... What'd you say his name was? Matthew what? Matthew Robbins. Yeah, they share the... It's Matthew Robbins and Brad Bird and then and some other writer. And those other writers, I assume, were the first draft. But yeah, we're talking about these two movies. Well, this this television episode in this movie. To cut to the chase on these movies, or rather the movie, I think 
Batteries Not Included is one of the worst things I've watched this year. I think it features very irredeeming, very few redeeming qualities. I think it is a torture to get through. <laughs> I did not enjoy it on any level other than the title sequence where I was like, oh, Steven Spielberg must have remembered this when he was working on the West Side Story remake. That was the only thought I had during it that I thought was amusing. Yeah, I actually think the title sequence I really liked. That is that's the one thing and it got me thinking about how this has that title sequence and then that the Terrence Malick movie which all day long I have not been able to think of the name of and never looked up the name of has days kind of, of a similar Days of Heaven or Badlands. Days of Heaven, yeah. I I was interested because Days of It reminded heaven, me of Newsies. Cuz I rewatched Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. But yeah, go on, sorry. I, it got me thinking about how uh, black and white photography is utilized and just how comparing this to the Days of Heaven opening, I don't immediately know what to take from the Days of Heaven opening, but I immediately know what the batteries not included black and white montage with the current actors' faces superimposed on old photography is supposed to mean. So that was kind of interesting to think about, oh, this movie doesn't really allow you to have any kind of ambiguity or anything like that. It's just, you get it immediately. And I think that's kind of how I feel about all of Batteries Not Included. But I everything that didn't remind me of Days of Heaven, I do not have good feelings about. I did not mind the first 20 minutes of the movie, even though I thought it was still bad. I was just kind of bored with it. Um, not a big fan of the casual racism that's pretty prevalent throughout the entire film. Um, but also beyond that, it's just poorly made. But... When it was just like, here are the people who live on this uh, on this block in the Heights, lights up, and Washington Heights up. It's not actually in the Heights. I know it's not in the Heights. I was just making it up. It's so it's so weird. If anyone like looked, if you haven't seen this movie, if you just look at the poster and read the little description of it, you will have seen this movie. I bet you could imagine. You could imagine well, everything that happens in this film, think, but it would be faster than this movie. I do not think... There are some stuff in this movie that I was like, what is going on? Um, Explain. Well, there's... The, the robot aliens that come to visit have a miscarriage. Uh, which is very like, what? Yeah. Also, jumping before the miscarriage, these robots are pregnant. <laughs> One robot is pregnant. <laughs> Which in and of itself is like, uh, okay, so they these robots reproduce sexually. Got it. Um, the miscarriage robot is brought to life by the someone. The boxer dude. Yeah, the, who doesn't have like any lines. And when he does have lines, you expect him to really mean something. But they're like the most forgettable things in the movie. Um, it's because he likes commercials and he quotes commercials. Great. This is such a good I just, no, I don't. I had, to think about, I had to think about why he spoke the way he did, and that's why. All right, well, let's let's break down the characters a bit. But I w- I would like to end on Family Dog because I'm much more positive on Family Dog than Batteries Not Included, even though Batteries Not Included takes place after Family Dog. Um, I hated Family Dog. Well, we can get I'm to sorry. it. I, I would rather okay. I would rather we rather we wrap up Batteries. Like I would like to do these separately because I think these are so different from each other that. They're really like hard to compare. I think they both have. Oh well, never mind. Well, we can we can compare them at the end. We can compare them at I'm the just end. Just like I'm, I am so. You're no, you're no budding about today. Both of these. Um, you're no budding today. Like, well, Danny, actually, we can. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> our main characters. No, yeah, you're right. Are two are two old white people. One of them's losing their mind. 
some form of dementia Shit that's always dementia. played for laughs. Well, it's always played for laughs for some reason. Um, until the end where she suddenly doesn't have it anymore. Because uh, the plot demands it to be so. It got so. cured. I don't know, man. Magic they fixed her. Robots. They, fixed they fixed her. <laughs> so, and they, they own this diner that they refuse to sell to the people who are demolishing the area. Which means this is really up. Pete Doctor's like, Brad Bird, do you remember that movie Batteries Not Included you did? Can I make it? But make it be about balloons. And Brad Bird was like, sure, man, whatever. I forgot I even did that. Then we also have the boxer who really does not have a big role in the movie. We got our our couple, our air quote leads for the people watching the movie, which is a single mom and this artist of a beard that honestly reminded me a lot of myself if I could grow out a mullet. Like, I was like, damn, I wish I looked like, that's like ideal Danny. He is like the Danny, <laughs> he is like the Danny who goes into the mission. Have you seen the movie Passengers? With Chris no. Pratt. So I tweeted this a while back is that, and then someone like, there was a tweet that went like, what bad movie do you spend a lot of time thinking about? And, and Passengers, I don't think about the movie Passengers, but in the movie Passengers, there is this pod, this med pod that they use that you just go into and it completely evaluates like your percentage and everything health wise. And it takes you out to a hundred percent because they've, Mad, they have magic healthcare in this movie. But I always think about that for some reason. It's like, man, if I had a pot like that, that would be nice to have. It's like, you can just be in there. It's like, sleep deprivation. 60% takes up to zero. Like, take 10 to zero. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it just, it magically fixes you no matter what. I think about that all the time. Um, Dennis Boutsikaris is, uh, he's received a lot of awards for audiobooks. And he's won some theater awards. And he... Did the audiobook for American Gods. He's me if I uh, went into the uh, Passengers pod and got fixed. Whoa, he was the first American to play Mozart. That's cool. Good for him! Yeah, yeah. This is really sad, actually. I just looked at his weekly page. In 2009, he was in two Broadway revivals, Brighton Beach Memoirs and Broadway Bound. The first opened to wide acclaim, but closed after a week, and the latter never opened. (laughs) So 2009 was a rough year for this guy. He's, you know, I don't know what his life is like. I mean, yeah, he seems like a cool guy. As I said, I wish I was him. And then we got the bad guy who's, like, a racial stereotype of, well, he's dead, it looks like. Oh, damn, actually, now I'm looking him up. This is sad. He died of a heart attack at age 30. Oh, man. That's Carlos, the bad guy. Yeah. Poor guy. Especially because, like, this movie's pretty bad. But also sad because anyone who's 30 and dies of a heart attack is sad. And yeah, that's, I don't know, that's the movie. <laughs> like, you know, like, the 20 minutes we get these introductions. And then these robots come in that are really, well, like, visual effects. But also, like, the movie kind of becomes plotless for a bit while these robots just go around fixing stuff. And honestly, whenever it cuts to the robots, I'm just, like, so bored with it. And then the robots go away and I'm even more bored. It feels like, that was my thought, is that, I mentioned this earlier, like, I looked up what this is, similar films on Letterboxd as, and I was surprised Gremlins was not in it. This is, like, bad Gremlins. Like, Gremlins of no personality. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't say about second Gremlins. I j- I feel like this is very Americana-y. That's what I mean. If you could imagine this movie, you could imagine this movie. It just has every... 
it has every stock character. They get into some mild scrapes, not huge deals. I do think the climax is pretty... It's not... I don't think anything in this movie is, like, well-directed, but they really... They do go for it story-wise at the end. Yeah, and then you get the, the, the robots coming back to fix everything, and... Look, I'll be honest. I, look, look, look. Here's, here's my thought on the movie. I think these robots are terrible. I hate them. I hate that these robots really? are in the movie. Well, because here's the thing. The other ones are stock characters. The robots aren't characters. They're like very pro... They're not even minions. Because minions at least have the right of trying to be funny. These robots aren't even funny. They just show up. They get pregnant. They electrocute people. But what do they do that is funny? There's nothing funny in this movie. <laughs> There are no jokes. They electrocute people, and they <laughs> well, like shoot backwards. They have they're good visual effects, but it's just I don't care about them. One of them has to do with a miscarriage on screen. Do I feel any emotion towards it? No, it's tragic. I think it's yeah. Help. I think it's helpful to think of this film as pre Ratatouille <laughs> and pre Up and pre West Side Story twenty twenty one. There, pre West Side. I guess. Well, no, because they actually happen in different places. Apparent, because apparently, if this happened in the East Village, it's like not near Lincoln Center. Well, maybe Lost Side Story twenty twenty one. I said I said twenty twenty two earlier. Maybe Lost Side Story twenty twenty one would have been better if the fix it showed up. It was like we're fixing this shit. Yeah, jets, sharks, robots. No, no need, no need to fight. It's like um. <laughs> what was the thing I was think I saw recently where it was like, oh it's actually RRR but in general it's like one of those things where like you know hey guys remember who the real enemy is it's the fixes <laughs> those are the Justin Sharks <laughs> team of <laughs> I would watch it like imagine Riff and Bernardo like back to back like with baseball bats smashing fixits that would be good that sounds like a Simpsons gag Maybe, but like it also it. sounds like something like, that I would like to see Mike faced in with the actor who played Bernardo in the new West Side Story. The new one? Yeah. I definitely, I was I was really aware of all those guys, and I've kind of, like, fallen off the wagon. I thought David Alvarez is the guy who plays Bernardo. I actually, my hot take on West Side Story 2021, which I'll just drop now because I don't know if it'll ever come up again in a semi-natural way, is that Bernard, the, uh, David Alvarez is the best performance in the movie. Um... Which is a wild take, because everyone on film Twitter like fell in love with Mike Face, and I'm like, nah. But Bernardo, though. I didn't... Yeah, I agree with you. From... I didn't finish West Side Story, either. <laughs> Did you get to America? What? Did you get to, like, the song America? Honestly, no. You should watch that on YouTube. It's the best thing in the movie. I think I should watch that on YouTube. It was just, like... I don't know what it was, man. I th West Side Story is another movie I walked out of early on, but that was just because I was like, I have a headache and I'm annoyed by all the singing, and I'm just gonna. Is that the one you had COVID during, or was that? A no, that was one? Elvis, and I didn't find out I had El COVID Elvis until afterwards. West Side Story is the one I tried to see like the day after I came back from Hawaii, and I was still jet lagged, so I was like, eh, I don't need to see this in Dolby. I can just see this in normal. Um, yeah, and so I waited. It just does not. It doesn't feel like it has a strong reason to exist. Looks like battery is not included. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it made money, and it's not probably the reason we have Ratatouille, which I really like. This so, made money? 
How? Yeah, it did make money. Who wanted to see it? I don't know. I, I think you can, like, you can Made. sit through this movie. And I tell you what, it has my money because this is what I put on in the background while I was making my stroganoff earlier. I want to adjust so. this for inflation. See how much it's adjusted for inflation. So this movie came out, what, in 1987? Uh, yeah. So according to the um, the website that we use for box office, box office mojo, it made $32,945,797. So that in today's terms is... Oh, it made money because it had a low budget. It's made about $86 million, which is not great for this type of movie. But let's be real. Nowadays, this movie gets dropped on Netflix. Everyone forgets about it, like, the day before it comes out. Like, no one, like it pops up. They're like, what's that? Oh, it's probably some movie from a decade ago I don't care about. This is one of those things where we're, I'm, I'm, my my uh, my hypothesis is basically they wouldn't make Blazing Saddles today, even though it has nothing to do with that. <laughs> But Blazing Saddles is good. Have you never heard that sentence before? I'm not gonna yeah, say. I've heard it. I just don't know what how the connection is made. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, I don't think they would make batteries not included today. Because it sucks. <laughs> mm. What I do want to ask you before we move on, um, unless there's more things to talk I, I think it's really funny. Okay, I just want to have this thought. And we can keep it in the episode. It's one of the thoughts I had when I was watching Family Dog. Is, you know... Last time, we had a three-minute-long short, and we had so much to talk about. And now, today, I've watched a 100-minute movie and a 30-minute television episode. And I think I'm going to have way less interesting stuff to talk about than the three-minute short gave me. Which, be the way you think sometimes. But I wanted to ask you, did you notice that one of these actors appears later in a Brad Bird film that we'll talk about on this podcast? And if so, well, if not... Can you guess which character shows up later on in a Brad Bird movie in a major role? In Family Dog? No, in Batteries Not Included. Hume Cronin was the only like name that I, I don't. I don't want you to guess the name. Actors. I want you to guess the character. The character? Yeah, the character. Their actor appears later on in a Brad Bird film. What? A voice role. I, I cannot. I have no idea. So, the single mom... And let me tell you, if you knew this and you listened for her voice, you would immediately be like, oh yeah, I can definitely see that. The single mom character is played by Elizabeth Pena. Pena? I probably butchered her name. I apologize. I think it's Pena. Pena. Elizabeth Pena. She plays Mirage in The Incredibles. Ah, okay. And if you knew that, I guarantee you, because I clocked it immediately, because I was like, oh, that name, I recognize it. And I Googled it, I'm like, oh, okay, it's this woman, because she passed away in 2014. Mm-hmm. Which is wow, really young. Really? A lot of people in this movie die young, but she died of cancer. No, not cancer. Um, I'm gonna mispronounce. Oh, I'm gonna not be able to pronounce it right. Cirrhosis of the liver in mm. uh, 2014 at age 55. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. She was also in Maya Miguel. It's Maya and cool. Miguel, Miguel, brother and sister and best friends. Did you ever watch Maya Miguel? No. Why not? What is that? It's a PBS show. Hey. Oh, I think that was that was kind of on the. Oh, actually, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So wait, wait, wait. Yeah, Can it I was just... definitely on like the back end of my kids' show watching. Before I talk about my Miguel brief, I gotta say, you know the show Dragon. T- Mark, Mark, you're giving me a glare, but I, let me tell you, these tangents are probably gonna be way more interesting <laughs> than we have to say about Family Doc. Uh, so. 
I remember... I don't remember what specifically the joke is, but it's in a Fairly Odd Parents episode where they bring up that they brought in this annoying character in season three to try to save the ratings. Uh, I don't know what the full context is, but I remember always quoting that joke. I think it's when they go to the Dora show in the um, Channel Chasers episode of Fairly Odd Parents, but I might be wrong. And I would always quote that joke around because, you know, you're a child who quotes jokes from cartoons, even though you don't know what the full context is. And the reason I bring this all up is, do you remember the show Dragon Tales? Yes. So, in the show Dragon Tales, TVS, I guess, must have, like, kept their shows running, like, well, dragged their seasons out and dropping new episodes. I remember, you know, I should look it up, but I remember Dragon Tales had been on for years until they introduced Enrique. Because the main characters of Dragon Tales were, and I'm going to have to look this up, so, uh... Well, I mean, the, there were the dragon characters, which was Origin Cassie, um... And then there's Zack and Wheezy, which was the best character because they're conjoined twins. Um, Emmy and Max are the main characters. But yeah, okay. So according to Wikipedia, all right, all right. So season one aired from September 1999 to 2000, April 2000. Season two aired from June 2001 to October 2002. Mm-hmm. Enrique, season three doesn't come out till 2005. And I always assumed... Right, well, initially I assumed like, oh, it's supposed to be like season six, like, you know, six or whatever. I remember I looked it up as a kid on Wikipedia and I discovered it was season three. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's just like in the Fairly Odd Parents when they say they brought him in in season three. This was very mind-blowing to me as a child. Is this very good? Is this good content for the podcast? Is this good? <laughs> I'm just not sure. You were surprised that the season three didn't come out for a while? I was surprised that it was actually season three. Also, Lucy Liu was on Maya Miguel. Guess how many seasons sure. Maya Miguel was? Four. Five! Oh, wait, no, it was four. You're right. Sorry. Wait. Yeah, I was totally I'm right so about confused. Okay, yes. hold on. Oh, no, no, okay, okay. Here's my, here's my defense. So, on Wikipedia, you know, like, there's the content thing. Like, the, like the contents page. So, it's episodes. Yeah. And there's series overview, which you click, and it says there's only four. But there's also a section that says season five in the overall contents so I'm confused because I feel like there. it looks like there is a season five. It's just not included in the overall episode count. It's like the lost episodes. I'm so confused why this is that. That's kind of, didn't, wasn't Dragon Tales around long enough to undergo the animation change? That seems weird. No, that I don't think it had fl- I think five. I think it's like the first two seasons are animated like the first season of SpongeBob is where it's like clearly done with cells. And then the third season uses like what most of SpongeBob does, which is like. It's still hand-drawn, but they use tablets. Mm-hmm. But not like Flash. All right, so we're talking about family... Do- oh, my gosh. Lucy Liu plays like a child in Maya Miguel. That's crazy. I didn't realize Yeah. That. I assume she was an adult. I have no beef with Enrique, just so you know. Well, I think... I don't know if you were trying to turn me against him. I Enrique but... was just annoying, but... Oh, okay. I think Maya Miguel was a good show. I don't know why I'm yeah. so I'm so hung up on this PBS detour when I literally do? know for a fact that we will talk about PBS extensively on this podcast when we already have tied to the PBS episode. But I'm like, let's talk about Miami Gal. Um so Miami Gal, centering on the lives of preteen Hispanic twins, Miami Gal Santos and their friends. The program is aimed at multiculturalism and education in general. It's eight geared at age four to eight. Um, part of each episode of the English version is in Spanish, but only individual words or phrases are explained in English. Maya, who is our main character, is an interge- a sweet, 
energetic, and gentle girl of Mexican and Puerto Rican descent. She always managed to include her twin brothers and her friends in crazy adventures. Whenever Maya comes up with an This is where Maya... I'm about to say the thing that like got my memory. like You know, like the Ratatouille line. Okay, all right, get rid of this. Whenever Maya comes up with an idea, she always says, S.O.S. And her her hair oh, bubbles yeah. slide up while her ponytails spin around. I'm like, oh, okay. That's that's what the show is. I also like that Wikipedia has this next to tell like, as seen in the episode The Bet, they continue to glow unless she says the line. I'm like, great, thank you. I'm glad that's getting important hmm. for her character bio. That you need to say that she has to say her catchphrase. Um and SOS means that's it. I like that the premise of the show is just like they're just in in the neighborhood and they just like it says it centers on maya's well-intentioned meddling in her family and friends lives ultimately creating new quandaries to fix like this show is about just hanging out that's pretty cool i mean it's like arthur but like there really was nothing else like arthur at the time because it's all like these wacky stuff but then it's like ah no yeah. we got maya and miguel the other thing i see about maya and miguel that gave me the memory hole is the uh, miguel's thing because oh, let's be real i know we want to move on but it would not be fair to miguel if i was only to explain who maya was in the show titled maya and miguel so okay miguel is more practical and sensible than his sister and enjoys playing soccer and video games and here's here's the memory hole thing Every time Maya gets an idea and says SOS, he says he has a bad feeling about it. It's true, he does. I remember it. <laughs> I always think it's funny when I look at these old TV shows and I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely remember like Maya and Miguel. And that's like, and here are their friends. And I'm like, who? Like, what? <laughs> like, who are their friends? I remember their friends. I remember their cousin Tito. Yeah. And their macaw. All right. Named Paco. All right. Just, uh, of course. Should we go back to batteries not included, or should we just move on to uh, the family talk? <laughs> yeah, I guess we should move on to. Oh wait, I, I do want. I do want to ask you. I want to do a mini letterbox game, where it will just be no. It's just one round. Trust me. All I want you to do is say the five movies that you think would be the related films, and I'll tell you how many you got right. All right, Goonies, Flubber, um, Titan A.E., Harry and the Hendersons. Am I at four? Yeah, it's your four. Okay. And uh, I don't know the name of it, but is it a movie where there is a dude like yelling at the camera and his hair is electrocuted and he's like, wow. And that is the, that's the image. I don't know what that movie is, so you're going to have to give me a guess I can actually check. Nope, that's my guess. I, it's not a title. I just think that, I All just right. think well, one the of them only, looks only like that. The only one you hit was... None of them are in the top five. Titan AE is in the top 25. None of the other ones are in it. The five films are... Wow, I thought that was my worst guess. <laughs> the five films are E.T., Cocoon, Earth to Echo, Starman, and Lost in Space. With Makes AI sense. and Hook as the other ones. I'm supposed to I took out E.T. because I thought that was a little bit generous. All right. Family Dog. Now, Mark, you're, tell, Mark, you're Mark telling me see. in the entire 25 list, there's not one where a dude is screaming into the camera with electrocuted hair. No, but you know what is on this list is Meet Dave and Jupiter Ascending. Good. Also, there's a Pixar movie on this list. Is it Wally? Yeah, it's Wally. Okay, Family Dog. Family Dog. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can I tell you the last funny thing that's on this list is not in the top five or even top ten, but District Nine's on this list. Good. Yeah. <laughs> what was what did on our last episode did i ask you pope francis questions 
story about why I don't want to do the game of lists anymore. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> because I found one that was like from American Magazine, which I think is a Jesuit publication. There was some article that was like, here are um, Pope Francis has uh, talked repeatedly about his three favorite films. Here are ten more movies that we think he would like. So it's not even and his that was, movies. And District Nine was like number two. <laughs> was it published in the year District Nine came out? No, it was like 2015. I think he came to the U.S. at some point, and they showed Babette's Feast. I think. I um, always think about which is his favorite movie. I always think about how what's his face was like. <laughs> I apologize for Ted. No. And everyone was like, what? What do you mean you apologize for Ted? No, he apologized for Boogie Nights. And everyone was like, Boogie Nights is good. <laughs> like, Oh, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg when he met the yeah. Pope. When also, there's some other that? things Mark Wahlberg should did. apologize for. Yeah. Not related to yeah, his movies. Like, Boogie Nights are Boogie Nights is like a plus in the, the yeah. net world. It's like Boogie Nights and The Departed. He didn't what? apologize for like The Departed? No. He swears so much. Let's look up Mark Wahlberg apologize to Pope. <laughs> That's what I should have said. I was like, how what is, what is a list of films Mark Wahlberg apologized to the oh, Pope? Oh, you know what? I misremembered. It's not Boogie Nights. He apologized. He's embarrassed. He's given interviews where he's like embarrassed of Boogie Nights, but he apologized for Ted. He did apologize for Ted. That's that's <laughs> <laughs> That's a good list. Was, all right, like what are the movies what are the movies Mark Wahlberg's apologized for and why? Um, hey, what come on as a game yeah, of lists? Maybe there'll be a trivia thing. Here's a wacky thing that happened. Many of his uh, he hasn't apologized for many of his actual like faux pas slash crimes. Also, like yeah. All right, Family Dog. All right, Wolf Wolf. <laughs> so I thought this is okay. I thought this was good. I thought. Because the way this really is, is this is like three short films that are just glued together to be a pilot of a TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, to be negative first, uh, all the human characters in this are despicable. (laughs) Like, there is not a single human character to like in these shorts. It reminded me of, um, and you haven't heard this yet because the Snub Club episode isn't out yet, is we recently, have you seen Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? Yeah, very long ago. The children in that movie make me want to never have children. That's how I felt with the children in, in this. on a hot tin roof? Yeah. He's probably in, like, I haven't seen that movie in so long, and I haven't really read the play in a long time either. I should rewatch it. Should I rewatch it? I thought it was good. I'm trying to search okay. Family Dog on Wikipedia, and the person that comes up is Family of Donald Trump. Thanks. Yeah. Well, it's difficult, you know. She's an uncool person and he's probably like absent and depressed so she has to like raise their kids and stuff's probably just i don't know hey things are not well with the people in cat on a hot tin roof i'm just saying i will say this about the uh this thing is that i'm looking at the wikipedia page for the movie for the show and let me just read you this paragraph and I think you'll be able, and it will let you go, like, we'll let you talk about your take, but I think me reading this, um, I think everyone could have guessed these issues from the pilot. Um, delayed for years and panned by critics, the show is considered 
one of the biggest fiascos in television animation history, on both on a creative and commercial level, in spite but in many ways because of the high-powered talent behind the project. One critic observed the main problem with the show was the Binsford family was so repulsively selfish that audience interest in their adventures was entirely nil. I think that kind of sums up my issue with the short, personally. Yeah. Uh, I think my my problem with the short is more just that the writing is all over the place. I think it's wrong to center the family so much, but I also think that if they were really consistently awful, then it might be kind of funny because of how bad they are, and then you could introduce more friends for the dog or whatever. I just I just don't think it can be about, like... The, the family just has too much stuff going on in this short. They have all these different threads that don't conflict, but it's like, why, why is the dad, like, worried about all this other stuff? And then why, like, the mom is, like, mean to the dog, but then she's the also mom like, worried about The mom is so inconsistent. Like, yeah. I thought the only character that felt... Well, I think the children are kind of consistent just because they're children, so it's okay that they're inconsistent, if that makes sense. That seems a little too galaxy brain, but I guess I see what you mean. I just felt like... Well, no, okay, so the children are terrible. They're annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate... I hate... One thought I had during this is... um. Previous guest of the podcast, Sarah, I remember when we watched Incredibles 2, and you're like, one of her responses was like, yeah, they really let Brad Bird control the character design on this one. Because um, Bradford has a very distinct character design that does not necessarily look great all the time. I thought these kids were, like, repulsive. Like, <laughs> the design, I was just like, get those away from me. Um, I thought they were designed by Tim Burton. I don't know if they were or not. They're just, they're ugly. They're just yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, the, he's the reason for the season. This is a Tim Burton joint. But the dog looks fine, is my point. But it's, I'm just saying. So there's, there's three segments here. The first is just... The dog being abused for about solid eight minutes. <laughs> yes. And then finally the dog just pees on the floor. And we're like, yeah, good dog, good dog. The only person who doesn't abuse him really is the dad. And even at the end, he kind of just becomes a jerk about it, too. None of these people should be allowed to have animals. How would you fix this film? Wait, you just the first short or like all of it? Guess, I guess all of it, because, like, well, I also give, think you should just make it one short. Well, I think the most interesting part of this, even though I think it'd be the, the worst thing you cut, is the home video thing, just because of how it's, like, shot. Yeah. Like, it's like they animated it, and then they, like, filmed it, like, a bootleg of it, and then just released it <laughs> like that. I think that's yeah. interesting, um, aesthetically. I don't think it's ever funny. <laughs> I think it's also interesting that the dog just seems like an actual dog in this part of the short, whereas the rest of it's like, oh no, it's a cartoon dog. But in that part of the short, it's like, oh yeah, he's just playing with the rapper, uh, stuff like that. Like, the dad getting way too upset that the dog cares more about the rapper than a cheap chew toy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then in the last segment, this, the dog, the house gets robbed multiple times. And it's all the same thing that gets robbed every time. And the dog. I, gets... I liked that part. I thought. I mean, I thought it was funny because you know these people are terrible. It's implied that they're just replacing their items over and over again. So it's like to me, I'm like, okay, so like, this is kind of like 
little bit, little bit of social commentary here, right? This is like Parasite, but with dogs. Bow wow wow yippee oh yippee where my dog at? Um, I think a lot of movies would be cool if they were Parasite, but with dogs. I think that's how we just describe every movie from now on with dogs in it. It's like Parasite, <laughs> but with dogs. When I watch um, when I watch Cruella, I was like, mm, like Parasite, but with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the dad blames the dog for not stopping these criminals even though if you don't look at a picture of the dog and i'm sure mark will put a picture of the dog in the episode photo um if you don't look if this dog is like a little dog this is not like a golden this isn't even golden retreat this is even like border collie side this is a small dog and the dad goes, is it your job to get rid of these criminals that come to our house? <laughs> yeah. As the dog? And it's like, the dog's the size of your foot, dude. He can bark at these these things as much as you want. He's not going to be able to do much. And sure enough, that happens in the second part where like he gets pushed out of the house by the, the criminals. And then the, mm-hmm. the dad, being what all great parents are, sarcasm goes well since you failed i'm gonna take you to this abusive obedience school or it's gonna drill into you how to basically be a bad pit bull and thus the next time the um criminals come the dog bites them and since he is a tiny dog they're easily able to run out with him still attached to their arm um and i like that bit too and i like that even too. though it also didn't oh, make let's be any real. Sense. the way to fix this is just to have the last segment be the entire short and have it just be like it's already the like you don't need to make it longer. If anything, you might want to cut down the beginning. Yeah. Um, and also just make that consistent. I don't see why he holds on to the arm either. I mean, it's it's rule of funny. I don't mind that as much. Like it's funny. No, you got to be more consistent. I that was that's just my whole problem with all of these shorts is like they don't they don't follow any thread and and see what its natural conclusions would I mean, be. Isn't that what batteries not included? So. But. I feel I, actually I feel like that's what I wanted to say about the both of them. I feel like batteries not included, script wise, is a massive improvement over Family Dog. Well, Family like I don't think they're trying to do the same thing at all. One of them is being like a three stories television pilot. I just mean fundamentally, like in terms of the quality of dialogue and how the characters are built. I feel like these are just core things that you can critique about the both of them. I guess no. But then the dog attacks a cop, which I'm not going to say it on the podcast because I don't want to be used against him in the court of law, but Mark knows what I'm doing. Also, let's be real, the only funny joke in this to me is the constant newspaper that's like, family loses dog, what losers? (laughs) (laughs) I do like the one bit where the, I will say about family dog, the animation is really smooth. Yes. Which is very impressive. I thought it was really good, yeah. So, do you that's know, about it. Do you know who did the animation for Family Dog? Here's a hint. No. We covered them before on this podcast. I'm going for, to look it up. For a film they did. Come on, dude. What's the only animation? Joe Ramped. No. It's the guy who did Brave Little Toaster. Hyperion. I, I want to ask you one last thing about it, which it. is... Okay. So, Annie Potts is in this. Yeah. But... Good, good name. Did you did you look at who voices the son? I actually think it's interesting. It's very it's a very I'll just tell you, you're not gonna be able to guess. It's Scott Menville. 
who's a name I don't know if you recognize or not, but he's a very prolific voice actor nowadays. He plays Robin in, like, everything. Like, in Teen Titans is the main thing. That's what I always think of him for. But Oh, cool. He's, like, in everything. He's probably been in a couple of the Pixar movies he's watched as, like, scratch voices. But, like, yeah. his main cool. thing is, like, he's Robin in the Teen Titans stuff. I'm trying to see what else he's been in besides Robin, because that really just sticks out. I don't know. He's Robin. I guess that's really all you need. He played Shaggy briefly at one point. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I I believe that the voice actors were. I don't well, know. I, I didn't no, actually no, love. Cool. I thought a lot because... of the, pre, pre, uh, the performances weren't like. Well, my exactly point is, at I this wanted. time, he's still a child. It's interesting to now, like you know, he's an adult that voices children in TV all the time. But like, yeah, I just thought it was cool. It's like, oh, nice, good for him that he's in this. That's kind of cool. That that's Brad Bird. <laughs> that's, that's that's I don't know like I don't yeah these were bad these were I mean I liked these, Family Dog you know. I thought Family Dog was a massive proof on Badgers Not Included personally but part of that might just be that it was only twenty minutes compared to like the hundred minutes that Badgers Not Included was but like what would you give these films do I want to give it something I guess I have to give it something so I'll give it a box set that inexplicably got physical media of the Family Dog TV show which is apparently exponentially worse than the short. Because that's what these deserve. They get the the season one box set that's only on LaserDisc. So, good luck playing it. I'm oh. going to give it a... Or I can give it the SNES game. I think that'd be more fun. I don't know what that is. Like I don't know how, how good the game is, so I'll give them the SNES game. A family dog or batteries not included? A family dog. The player has to Whoa. go to three places such as the home where the dog lives, a dog pound in the woods to defeat obstacles like a dog catcher or a cat. I don't know. I'm gonna give it a copy of District Nine because I think that's what the Pope would want. All right. Yeah, that's fair. All right. All right. What are we doing next time? Well, we did this to prep for The Incredibles, which means next week is the short film that's in front of The Incredibles, Bounden. Yay! We gotta do the short film that plays in front oh, of the well, movie. Oh, I do enjoy Bounden. Yeah, we'll do so. that one first, and then we'll do. All right. We're all tired. All right. All tired on the Western Front. Looking for the Ocean is produced by Mark Young and Danny Vincent. Our original artwork was done by Sarah Knopf, and each episode is edited by me. If you'd like to be notified about new episodes, you can find us on Facebook at Looking for the Ocean of Pixar Journey, on Twitter at Pixar Journey, on Instagram at Looking for the Ocean Pod, and on our website, lookingfortheoceanpixar.podbean.com. If you want to know what I'm up to or find me on social media, you can head over to markyoungperformer.com. If you'd like to see all my takes on all the movies, you can find me on Letterboxd at Blankmans. If you'd like to hear me on another podcast, I also have The Snub Club, a podcast about film history. We'll see you next time. See you next time.